In this episode of the Boost Health Podcast, you will hear. So I've got to ask this. I'm sure some people are wondering this. Eight years. Is it still fun? Is it still fun for you day in, day out? Or does it get to be a little bit of a grind? My, you have to remember my vehicles at work. So my only other way in is to say, hey, hey, honey, can you take me to work today? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's and, good. And so, um, And I only do that if there's lightning. Typically, I'll ride all weather except for lightning. Oh, yeah. That so, backup uh, route is a really, really good plan. I, th- I think anybody that commutes should, should build that in if they haven't already. That's a smart strategy. That's probably the, the toughest piece of equipment I have is um, just the variation in, in temperature for between my different sets of gloves. It seems like everybody I've talked to that seems to have pretty good wellness balance, yourself included, has those discussions sort of at the table with their family. Find your balance. Find your balance. Find your balance. Find your balance. Searching for more wellness balance is our goal here at Boost Health. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSCA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. On the Boost Health Podcast, we cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts and give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Now, my philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general is to be open-minded. Try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic and it surprised you and how well it worked? Those are what we are trying to uncover here. Thank you all so much for spreading the word about the show if you think someone might enjoy it. Please take a moment to rate and review the show in your podcast app and or on the Boost Health Facebook page. Q&A. If you want to ask a question for the show, just click on the green Ask Paul button. It is found on the podcast page on myboosthealth.com. So here's the listener question for this episode. Hey, Paul, most of my cycling is commuting, and it's for similar reasons that David mentions in part one of the cycling commuting series. Do you have any tips on how to avoid that becoming junk miles when the focus is just getting to work? And I said, one of David's tips is that he rides easy, like zone one, zone two, into work so he doesn't get sweaty, and then he puts in efforts on the way home when it doesn't matter if he gets sweaty. This is all based on heart rate using a heart rate monitor. Now, since it is important to train different energy systems, which is at different heart rate zones, this is a really good strategy to work the zones and avoid the junk miles, aka the gray zone. So there you go, ride easy into work and then smash it on the way home and you get your different energy system work in. Again, if you have a question for me, please click on the green Ask Paul button. It's on the podcast page on myboosthealth.com. Announcements. Multiple shows per week. 
Yes, you may have noticed shows getting released at a faster rate recently. And I'm pleased that we're getting enough guests and enough content now, I'm able to produce multiple shows per week for Boost Health. Now we'll start out with two shows and see how that goes. We have lots of great guests coming up, so I'm excited for the future of the show. Thank you all so much for listening. Boost Health TV. Yes, another exciting new addition to the Boost Health lineup is the addition of video recording of the podcast. I thought it'd be neat when I have a guest live in the room with me to do a video of the show in case folks want to watch us and also give us the opportunity if there's a demonstration for a topic such as this is how you do a pistol squat and make it much easier to do a demo. I finished recording our first show on video a few days ago with the CEO of a really cool company, so I'll keep you posted on when that's releasing. Apparel, the Boost Health Performance Apparel Shop is closed. It just closed on the 16th of October, but don't worry if you didn't get your order in this time, we'll make sure to open the store again sometime here in the next couple months. Now I realize not everybody is in the Northern Hemisphere. I've got some folks in the Southern Hemisphere as well. Well, the store doesn't just have winter gear, it has summer gear. So I've got both seasons in there, just making sure my folks down in Australia, for example, know that we realize it's not winter down there right now. <laughs> newsletter. If you haven't already signed up for the weekly boost newsletter, what is going on? What's wrong with you? You got to get with the program. Now you can do so very simply by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage of myboosthealth.com. Don't miss any boost health news. All right, now on with the program. This is the third and final episode in this series with David Hamby, who I proclaim is the king of cycle commuting. Now remember, he's been consistently commuting to and from work for nearly eight years in all seasons, in all conditions. In this episode, David and I discuss how to get started with cycle commuting, his night and morning routine to prep for and execute a successful commute. If he's burned out, on cycle commuting after eight years, the most challenging part of clothing to figure out with weather, and how David finds his balance. Okay, here is part three with David Hamby. Yeah, so if you can't figure it out, I'm pretty regimented on the way I do things. <laughs> right, yeah, that's good. So, so I do have a, a, you know, your night and morning prep. Every night before I go to bed, what I'll do is I'll check the weather, see what it is for 7 a.m. in the morning. And then, uh, depending upon that, if I know if I know what I need to wear, I'll get it out. If I need to check my log, I'll, I'll look at that and say, okay, this is about what I need to wear in the morning. And so, I uh, also check and make sure that my tires have air. There's been a couple times I went out and the tire's flat. So, mm. I'll, I'll pull it and, and change the tube out real quick uh, or switch bicycles if there's another problem. But generally, uh, I check over the bike, make sure everything looks good, and then uh, make sure I have everything ready to go for the morning. Uh, pull out whatever I need. And then in the morning I wake up and I wake up about uh, 25 minutes before I need to leave. That, that allows me to jump in the shower, take a shower. And I just, I just get stri- dressed straight in my cycling clothes. And then uh, once I leave, it takes me uh, on my eight miles. It takes me just a little over 30 minutes to get to work. And once I get to work, I'll uh, depending on how sweaty I am, I'll wipe down with a wet washcloth that I keep at work and a towel, uh, finish getting ready for work, uh, comb my hair, whatever else I need to do, change my clothes into my work clothes. And then I actually eat breakfast at work too. I just keep my breakfast in my, uh, in my desk and keep some orange juice in the refrigerator at work. Oh, and that's good. That's all. 
that's all done before eight o'clock. So I don't even eat before I leave. Uh, that way I'm working on an empty stomach on the, on the way in. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot on the show, you know, doing fasted workouts, especially fasted cardio in the morning is, is hugely beneficial. Even if you're not, you know, getting after it in your morning workout, that's, you know, you're still in zone two. You're still, you know, fat adapted at that point. You're using fat for energy, especially as many years as you've been riding fasted in the morning. That's, that's a really, really good tip. And it's impressive too. I mean, what, what's the timeline would you figure? I mean, be, between when you wake up and when you actually are, are working, it sounds like it's pretty fast. So, you know, I'll wake up at, at 6.25. I'm heading out the door at 6.50. I get mm. to work around 7.20. And then I'm sitting at my desk around 7.30, 7.35, and just kind of relaxing a little bit, recharging it for the day and eating my breakfast. Yeah, so that's just a little over an hour between when you're putting that first leg out of the bed to when you're punching in, right? That's really yes. Im- yep. impressive. Especially for me when I've got a 5.15 bike ride and I get up at 4.15 just to get myself rolling. <laughs> That's really, <laughs> right. really impressive. Um, now, what about coffee? Are you a coffee drinker in the morning? I'm actually not a coffee drinker. I'm an orange juice, orange juice person. So um, I, don't, I don't have to worry about the coffee. Although uh, there's a few people that get to work earlier than I do and they'll start the coffee brewing. So it would be there if I uh, chose to partake. Uh, so I'm just saying that's so impressive though, that you're rolling out the door in less than a half an hour and, uh, and, and without coffee that that'll impress a lot of people <laughs> by itself. <laughs> well, and, and one of the things I'll mention later is, is good sleep. So mm. that helps a lot. So with your night and morning routine with weather, let's say we're going to have, you know, in between seasons in, in Kansas, you really can, like we were saying, it can be a 20 or 30 degree Fahrenheit shift in a day. You've got a whole bunch of clothes at work, I know. But what, let's say it's one of those really weird days where it was cold in the morning, but hot at the end of the day. What are you uh, doing the night before to get ready for that? So sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge. And and most of the time I've accepted, there's going to be times in the afternoon where I go home and I'll be wearing too much. (laughs) You're riding Uh, home in a sweater. (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, it may be that I, I have, you know, a heavy jacket on that doesn't need a heavy jacket, but sometimes I'm stuck with that because I didn't want to bring an extra jacket, a light jacket in the morning. So, uh, or depending on tights, you know, if I'm wearing a heavy insulated tights versus my lighter tights versus leg warmers, for example. So, uh, all of those vary just a little bit, but you know, a, a 10 degree, 20 degree fluctuation is pretty big when you're on a bike and, uh, you've got a, a harder commute on the way home. But, you know, it, like you said, it really doesn't matter if you get home and you're a little sweaty. Uh, you jump in the shower and you, you clean up and, and move on. But uh, pro- probably the biggest challenge is trying to look a week out and just pick out your, your business clothes um, for that next week and the five days ahead. So um, every night, you know, you can look at your, your cycling clothes and, and that's fairly straightforward. Gloves are a little tougher too, but you, gloves are light enough. You can pack two pair. That's probably the, the toughest piece of equipment I have is uh, just the variation in, in temperature for between my different sets of gloves. Isn't that, it's the same, even here in Hong Kong where it's a pretty mild temperature, we do have some cooler mornings and, uh, yeah, I'll have, I think a couple of mornings I had three pairs of gloves on just because <laughs> I really need them at the beginning, but by the end, right. you know, I'm, I'm tearing down to that last pair. It, it is, it's hands and feet seem like is the hardest thing to really figure out. Right. So I've got to ask this. I'm sure some people are wondering this eight years. Is it still fun? Is it still fun for you day in, day out, or does it get to be a little bit of a grind? So most days it is fun. It's, it's, I have to admit when it's, you know, 10 or 15 degrees out, it's, 
it's harder to uh, just because it partially it takes longer to get all the clothes on, it takes longer to get them off, get them on. Uh, it's it's just a little bit more uh, daunting, I guess, if you if you're looking outside and it's a little snowy or cold or freezing rain or whatever, and getting on the bike, it can definitely be a, a challenge. But most of the time, um, you, you know, it's it's not a it's not an issue. And the other part is my you have to remember my vehicles at work. So my only other way in is to say, hey, hey, honey, can you take me to work today? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's and, good. And so, um, and I only do that if there's lightning. Typically, I'll ride all weather except for lightning, and that it's disappointing for me if uh, there's lightning in the area because then I have to, I have to ask my wife, which she's great about it, but at the same point, um, I don't like to inconvenience her if I if I don't have to. And so, and that's another reason for going a little longer route is if there's lightning in the area, sometimes it'll clear actually, and you'll, you're still able to ride that shorter route to work and still make it to work on time. Oh yeah. That so, backup uh, route is a really, really good plan. I, th- I think anybody that commutes should, should build that in if they haven't already. That's a smart strategy. Yeah. And you know, as you mentioned eight years ago, when I started, I was doing four and a half miles each way essentially. And, and now eight years later, I'm doing eight miles each way. And so, um, it really hasn't been a, a drag or something I don't look forward to, or I don't think I would have increased my mileage and increased the time on my bike. So it's just something still, uh, last year when I increased the mileage is something I wanted more mileage on, um, during the year. And I set some goals to beat the mileage from the year before. And that just, again, it's an easy way to get mileage every day. Yeah. It's funny. You know, uh, you and I were talking about this yesterday, Dave. Um, we both do the climbing challenge on Strava, Strava, has a climbing challenge every month and we both do it and follow each other on it. And in Hong Kong, basically all you have to do is roll your bike out the door and you're heading up a mountain. (laughs) So it's pretty easy for us (laughs) to get climbing meters here. Um, but in, in Kansas, it's different. It's still hilly. Despite what people say about Kansas, especially like in the Flint Hills and in Eastern Kansas, we've got some nice Hills there. So, uh, it's interesting because we always are sort of neck and neck in our climbing because, you know, you're doing eight miles and however many couple hundred feet uh, riding in and out every day. So it, it just adds up and uh, you get a, you get a lot does. of good work. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. I was just looking at my my stats. And so my ride to work to work is about 400 feet of climb. And then even my ride home is a little over 300. So, you know, there's there's quite a bit of climb just in eight miles each way. Absolutely. Yeah. He's 700 and something, just under a, a thousand climbing every day, just on a commute. That's great. And then you can pick that up, of course, when you do your longer rides on the weekend. Yes. So, so it's still fun. And, and maybe you're like me, where just getting on a bike and riding is fun. Even if you're on sort of a grueling ride, whether it's a tough workout or maybe a, uh, you know, not the best weather in the world, it sounds like you still just enjoy being on a bike. Is that fair? Yes, that's, that's fair. Have you ridden bikes your whole life ever since you were little? Uh, yes, I rode a lot when I was a, a child. I had a uh, just a standard like a BMX bike when I was younger. And then when I turned uh, in teenage years, I got a, a 10 speed, which was a big deal. And then my brother and I used that. We rode all over town uh, where I was raised in Hutchinson. And we'd ride to the library or to the, the mall at the time during the summer. And so that was, that was just a, a, a measure of freedom. Yes, And then during uh, college, you know, once you start driving, your bicycle usage goes down. Uh, it picked back up when I got to KU and I got a mountain bike and then I started riding mountain bikes. Uh, and it really picked up uh, probably about 20 years ago when I met a, a buddy of mine that I ride with still to this day. 
and um, we'd, we'd go out riding every Saturday morning, and he was the guy that uh, tortured me. He'd, he'd ride up the hills and wait, wait for me at the top. <laughs> and now, now it's reversed, and so I got to play that back on him. But um, no, we're still great friends, and uh, so I've been, I've been pretty heavily cycling for the last 20 years or so. Yeah, there's, you know, if if uh, if you ride, we don't have to explain it to you, but you know, going out on an early morning ride, it's just it's just fun, and you sort of get a different view of wherever you live. Um, you know, Dave, you and I talked about like the wildlife that you see in the mornings here in Hong Kong. We've got wild boar and uh, porcupines that are running around, which is pretty neat to see uh, that you don't necessarily see in the middle of the day. Obviously, um, you know, riding up mountains and looking out over the ocean without traffic buzzing around you in the early morning is really nice. So just getting out and sort of exploring your area, your world um, on a bike is just a, it's a really nice way to, to, to travel around and, and explore. Um, so I think you're probably an inspiration to, to folks at your office. Have you been able to encourage any of your workmates to to join you in commuting at all? Or is it, does it seem like anybody's interested in it? So there's uh, we hired a, a guy probably two or three years ago, and actually he had worked at the bike shop. So pretty already pretty heavily into bicycling. Um, he had, uh, I don't think, done a whole lot of bicycle commuting. And he he got pretty heavily involved with commuting by bicycle. And so we actually have kind of two standing racks in our in our office, and he would use one, and I would use the other. And we'd arrive at different times in the morning, but uh, usually on the way out, we'd ride out together. And so uh, that was really really good, and just to have somebody to talk to, and it gave us time to kind of decompress and just you know visit on the way home. That's uh, nice. He's his his routines kind of changed a little bit here in the last year or so, and hasn't been able to do it as much. But uh, there's been a few other people that have had have uh, occasionally rode in, but he would be the only regular other person in our office that would do that. And I'd, I'd say, again, going back to the just commuting, especially if you have children or uh, running errands after work or, or this or that, it's, it's difficult. And so uh, I know it's not for everybody, but even if somebody took a day, once one day a week and just said, hey, I'm going to ride my bike today, um, I would say they'd enjoy it. And it may become something even more uh, that they do more frequently as they become uh, more comfortable with it and they're able to shift their life around to, to accommodate it. So I think you alluded to this already earlier. Um, what you would recommend to folks is to just start, right? Just to, just to give it a go and, you know, prepare what you need to prepare, but you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Just get the basics on, on bike equipment and just get started and give it a try. And they might be surprised if, if they like it. Right. That's exactly right. I, I just made some notes and say, just pick one day a week and start riding. And then it may become two, it may become three, or it may just stay at one, or it may disappear completely. But uh, pick a, pick one day a week and ride. And then uh, do some reconnaissance to find out the best route to work. It may not be the straightest route. You may have to uh, pick a route that, that goes through a neighborhood or, or somewhere else. Uh, you'll find out which signals work best for you, traffic signals. you know, Some of them don't work well with bikes. Uh, there may be a, a better route that uh, you know I, I that that became available. The the route I use now wasn't wasn't available to me at two years ago because it wasn't constructed yet. So um, something else may open up as time moves on. And so just also I would I would also suggest that you just don't get stuck on something. Be open to any kind of changes. So be open to a new route or a new way of doing something if if it needs to be changed. That's, that's good advice. And I want to talk about that just for a second, because, you know, of your unique qualities of being an engineer and being sort of on the board there in Lawrence and helping 
you know, guide the growth of cycle commuting and just cycling in general. Can you talk about what your involvement has been in, in helping Lawrence become a better community for cycling, which it's a very good one. But I think there's probably people listening that might be interested in making a difference in where they live. And I'm sure you might have some ideas to help them with that. Yeah, I would definitely say um, work closely with uh, planning staff and uh, city engineer, as well as public work staff to at least give my opinions. And uh, I, I feel like I was respected with those. I've also, because I'm an engineer, I've worked on the some of the projects. Uh, we have a uh, kind of a unique feature in the city of Lawrence, with the, which is a uh, multi-purpose path, multi-use path that uh, goes in a loop around the city. It's about 22 miles. It's called the Lawrence Loop. It's a 10-foot, generally concrete path all the way around the city. It's about 75% complete now. And uh, they're, they're working closely trying to get that last bit uh, completed. So in, in some of those organizations, I know they're usually looking for assistance, uh, always looking for volunteers. That's something I've been able to put some of my skills toward. Yeah, absolutely. You just get involved and, and volunteer. Everybody's got you know some skills that would be utilized in, in that type of committee. I think that's, that's really good advice. Well, I've got to ask, I'm sure in all the time you've been commuting, you probably have some crazy stories. <laughs> I, I love the fact that you have the the air horns on the ready uh, on the bike. Um, that, that sort of alludes to the fact that there's probably some crazy things that have happened <laughs> through the years. But can you think of any funny or, or crazy stories that stand out uh, in your years of, of commuting? Well, the... Uh... Well, my my wife, I asked her about that. And she's like, I think it's funny you keep a log of all your temperatures and clothes you wear. So <laughs> the, the definition of, of funny is is uh, in the eye of the beholder. But right. I had people uh, pull up beside me. I had a police officer pull up beside me and, you know, kind of give me a thumbs up and said, hey, you're, you're doing well, you know, with uh, lights and reflective vests and so forth. So uh, I've had people pull up beside me and, and ask me about, you know, commuting or, you know, what kind of taillight are you using? Because they're they're impressed with the brightness of it. Um, as you mentioned, um, animals are always, um, you know, the, the way I, my ride is to work, I go through kind of a nature area that's uh, kind of a rural area. And so anywhere from deer, turkey, raccoon, possums, uh, bobcat. And then the other night I was coming home, it was a little bit after dusk, turned a corner and there was a copperhead sitting in the middle of the path. And, you know, you're moving along pretty quick and you try to swerve around him and hope he doesn't jump. Yeah. You're going. <laughs> right. Um, you know, just, just dealing with every day, every day is an adventure. And, uh, you know, it, it sometimes feels like you're, you're suiting up for battle when you, when you jump on your bike, but, uh, it's something that uh, I enjoy doing and, and wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't avoid it at all. So you're obviously a, a dedicated cyclist. Uh, we've made that clear, which I think is wonderful. Do you incorporate other fitness and wellness strategies into your life? Do you do any strength training, mobility, meditation, uh, nutrition, anything like that. So, you know, after I listened to your, uh, your podcast on mobility, um, it, uh, it got me to thinking a little bit. I had, I had been doing some of the squat even before I had heard that. And, you know, I have, um, some, I don't know if it's imbalance or whatever, but, uh, some left knee pain and left hip pain. So, and they're, they're linked. And so I, I've been doing that squat to loosen up because I saw some some people doing that to stretch, and that's really really helped minimize that that pain. And so, actually, I'll do that you know three or four times during the day, even just sitting at work. I'll get up and I'll I'll stretch into a squat, and and that's uh, loosened up those muscles quite a bit. Uh, you know, you mentioned strength training. I'm I'm not a big uh, weightlifter. 
few years ago, I did a uh, sprint triathlon and really enjoyed that, but I figured I couldn't swim well. So I went and I started swimming at the, uh, the aquatic center and pretty much taught myself how to swim better. And so, um, I haven't had as much time to do that recently, but that's something I've really enjoyed doing. Uh, the other thing is, you know, foam rolling is something I've been doing pretty regularly as well. And so I've also incorporated some, uh, protein in my recoveries after my ride. So I'll drink some protein drink after that, after my longer rides. And that's, that's helped as well. Um, so I'm not a, a, a huge, you know, into the fitness and wellness, but it's becoming more and more popular or more and more, uh, prevalent in my life as I get a little older. So it becomes more and more important. But the other part as I mentioned earlier is, you know, I think sleep's really important to me. If I don't get eight hours of sleep, I'm not worth a whole lot the next day. So <laughs> yeah, I really, really try to stick with that eight hours of sleep. And then that allows me to get up and, and be functioning the next morning as well. And then even occasionally napping after my long rides on Saturday. So if I have a long 50, 60 mile ride, I'll take a short, you know, hour nap. And that I think really helps me recover quicker as well. That's really uh, interesting that you said eight hours specifically because I mentioned this on one of my articles a few months ago. Uh, the latest research is showing eight hours um, is sort of your minimum um, to have the highest cognitive function based on, on recent research. So that's that's great that you're focused on getting eight hours. I think it's great too. You know, you've you've noticed um, some some mobility imbalances and you're working on that. You know, I think especially for folks that love cycling, obviously the main thing they want to do for fitness is cycle, which is fabulous because mm -hmm. it's great for you. But a lot of times if you can do extra things like mobility training or, or, you know, doing some supplementation with nutrition, it's only going to enhance your cycling. So that's always sort of a, a good incentive to, to add those things in on occasion. And, and you're doing it exactly right with mobility. Uh, it's, it's repetition. So not just doing it, you know, as a dynamic warm up before you ride, but even just doing it throughout the day. Cause um, you know, we're sitting and standing too much to, to mobilize the body is, is really smart. So good, good job on that. Thanks. And the last thing I always ask everybody um, is really just a, a question on general balance. Like, how do you find your overall wellness balance? And this is, you know, sort of all inclusive, you know, wellness balance includes obviously the physical piece, but there's also the, you know, mental and spiritual and social, emotional parts of it as well. So how do you keep everything in balance for yourself personally? So that's, that's a, that's a good question. Um, for me, I think cycling commuting is a huge part of that. As I mentioned earlier, I, I use that as my um, primary means of exercise during the week. And so when I'm able to get my exercise, just going back and forth to work and only adding uh, the morning time doesn't matter because the kids are uh, getting ready for school. So really it adds maybe 20 minutes in the evening and I've got 16 miles in. So you'd have to ride pretty fast to get 16 miles in 20 minutes um, any other time. But that's generally all my only riding time during the weekdays. Weekends, obviously, uh, I do a little bit longer rides, but, um, so that my wife's very supportive of that and understands the, uh, sacrifices that we have to, to make, to make that happen. But, uh, that's, that's part of it. And then, you know, again, I, I mentioned earlier, I'm involved in my church. And so that's a, my faith is a big important part uh, of my life as well. And I think that's, uh, part of keeping that balance in there. Definitely. Really, really good stuff, David. you know, I, I think, um, almost everybody I've talked to on the show, um, that I asked that question always has 
uh, some sort of piece where they work it out with their family, <laughs> right? Like that's so right. yeah. important. And, you know, a lot of that's just because um, everybody that I've had on the show has a family, you know, wife and kids and whatever. But having those, it seems like everybody I've talked to that seems to have pretty good wellness balance, yourself included, has those discussions sort of at the table with their family. And so, you know, f- for me personally, I always say, everybody in the family knows if dad doesn't get his workout because he's kind of a grizzly bear. <laughs> so yeah, it's sort right, of a, right. everybody wins if, if I get it, but that's, that's so great. I think that's, everybody has different ways that they find their balance, but it seems like a common theme for those of us with families is having those family discussions to help figure out the best way to, to attack that. So that's, that's fantastic. Well, David, I've had you here for quite some time. I really appreciate you taking time to to join me all the way from from Lawrence, Kansas. Um, So it's getting late your time. So we'll wrap it up here. So thank you all so much for listening to the show. Also, thank you very much to my friend David Hamby for joining the show today. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in your favorite podcast app. You can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search for My Boost Health. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything, along with more motivation and information. And until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for David Hamby saying goodbye and find your balance.